Hello and welcome back to Jocks of All Trades podcast. This is sponsor number one, Connor Lynch. And this is sponsor number two, Tyus Welter. Jocks of All Trades is also brought to you this week by our main sponsor, Dylan Heaves Student Loan Account. Thanks, Dylan. I'm awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't lie. I'm awesome. I'm driving around in my mom's ride. I'm awesome. A quarter of my life gone by, and I met all my friends online. Okay, so it was a pretty boring week in college football and Kansas won. So rather than talking about Stony Brook, <laughs> UMass, we decided to uh, to just jump into a, a hypothetical that we're pretty excited about here. So biggest story in college football, I would say uh, this week was the news about Arch Manning's official visit to Texas. So him and a few other players had an official visit over the weekend uh, and the athletic broke down all of the expenses that the university spent uh, on this weekend. And it totaled two hundred eighty thousand dollars for this official visit. Uh, and this is all an attempt to lure a young man to, to, to choose them, right? And so the hypothetical today, Tyus, if you had $280,000 for one weekend to lure a woman to choose you, how would you spend that money? What would you do? What's, what's the official visit to the love life of Tyus Welter looking like? A woman, yes, it's uh, it's an extensive process, um, and it it takes a special a special soul to to go through this weekend. But I've mapped it out, I've made my plans, I've budgeted, uh, and I'm I'm excited to hear what you think. Okay, so I broke this down a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I broke it down by day. Um, so I'm going to begin uh on Friday by flying her, some of her friends, and some of my friends into a central location. Uh, and so my reason for this is. I think personally, I make better first impressions in group, you know, just a little bit more natural. Uh, you know, I can show her, you know, oh, how, how cool I am with the boys. They can talk me up a little bit, you know, I might have to use some of the budget to pay them to say nice things, but I've got $280,000. I can do that. Um, so I'm estimating that let's say it's me, her, four of her friends, four of my friends, $300 ish for a plane ticket. We'll call it $3,000. So we, I get everyone in one town. We rent an Airbnb. I wow her with my beard eye and euchre skills. We'd be partners, of course, throughout this all. So, you know, a little flirting at the, at the ping pong table, you know, uh, a little like, hey, uh, this one's for you and toss it up, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we'll say it'd be a sweet Airbnb at a nice location, um, paying for, you know, food for dinner, drinks, everything. So we'll call that. Uh, about a thousand dollars, um, just on the safer side. Um, then I take her to Olive Garden for dinner because the best way to see if she deserves the bread for the rest of this weekend is to see if she can handle the breadsticks at first. <laughs> and so if she can't handle me at my surf and turf. She doesn't deserve me at my surfing resort. So we're just going to start right there. That's about $45, uh, to get the weekend going. So how many, uh, how many breadsticks would you consider a, a good amount for a woman to be able to handle? Ooh, um, I think as long as she's more than two, okay, I'm happy. Yeah, right. you know. And are the friends going to dinner with you? No, just me and her for dinner. Okay. They're back home. They're holding down the fort. Yes, good question. All right, all right. Um, yeah. So after dinner, uh, I'm going to take her, 
her friends and my friends just show her how generous I am, how much of a people person I am uh, to see a Harry Styles concert. Um, and so I'll buy backstage passes for me and her and then front row seats for everybody else. So they can hang out and then we get a little alone time, you know, maybe meet Harry, see the show, have a good time, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was looking up prices online and it was hard to find exactly. I think front row tickets were about a thousand uh, and like the nicest VIP pass that they had was like $4,000. So we'll call it mm, 20K, 20K. Okay. Um, then after the show, we go to a bougie, you know, bar with friends, buy bottles for everyone, spend the rest of the night on the town, have a good time in a group, enjoy ourselves. Let's say that's about $15,000 too. Finally, we're going to end the night with a late night pizza run. Uh, and that's going to be about a hundred dollars. So my first day Friday is going to be about $39,000, uh, $39,145. So saving myself, which sounds like a lot, but saving myself well over the, over halfway of my, of my $280,000 weekend. So I think I'm off to a good start there. Saturday rolls around or do you have any comments about Friday before I go on? No, Connor? I was, was going to say, it seems like a crazy full day, pretty expensive, but, but just a drop in the bucket. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is I was trying to spend money as much as I could. And I still felt I wasn't even coming close to, and we'll get to that at the end, the $280,000. Uh, so it's amazing to me how Texas would be used for our training, but I digress. So Saturday, a little bit more of a full day and a little bit more expensive. So we're going to start by taking first class flights to Miami in the morning. Um, I've never done flown first class before, so I had to look this up, but it's for two tickets. It looks like it's going to be around $3,000 for us to go to Miami. The reason I chose Miami as, as a kind of a destination uh, to go um, was because that is where Serena Williams lives. And I'm a huge tennis fan. Any girl that I'd want to date, I'd want her to play tennis with me as well. I think feel like that'd be an important part of our relationship. So I'm going to pay for a one hour of private tennis lessons with Serena Williams. And so the way I calculated the cost for this, it's not obviously available online. You can't just, you know, boop, I'm going to book Serena for Tuesday after work. Um, But I looked up like the most expensive tennis lesson instructor um, that I could find. And his was $8,000 per lesson. So I just multiplied it by five. We'll say it's $40,000 for Serena. She's already got courts at her house. She and I have a good relationship already. I'll be, I'll have been, you know, DMing her and explaining the situation and she'll be on board. I I promise. Um, So 40,000 for that. Uh, I'll take her then Uh, this girl, not Serena Williams, but who knows? Maybe she is the girl plot twist. Uh, I take her on a nice lunch, Uh, a nice lunch somewhere in Miami. And we'll call that about $150, Uh, really, really nice place. You know, maybe get some drinks with lunch too. Um, and then we're in Miami. Things are getting pricey in the morning. So scale it back a little bit. You got to take a couple hours on the beach. I'm not usually a huge beach guy, but I think for a couple hours, you can relax, you know, get in the water or the portal, uh, depending on where you're at. Um, and so the only expense there is going to be $10 for parking. I didn't feel like it was worthwhile to rent out a section of the beach. Um, want to live among the people, see the people, you know, as us rich folk do who have $280,000 to spend on a weekend. Uh, after that, uh, going to rent another Airbnb in Miami. Uh, so go back there in a shower, change, and relax. Um, I just put that as $1,000 on the safer side of things. I have this much money. I'm going to find the nicest Airbnb I can. So 
go do that, kind of decompress for a little bit because we got a packed night. Afterwards, we're going to go to dinner. Uh, and I found this cool like couples cooking class thing at this, some, some really nice culinary institute. So, you know, cook a little, have a nice dinner, you know, a little experiential learning together, you know. Yeah, uh, I feed her food. Yeah. She tosses some in my mouth. I catch it, obviously. Um, sparks are flying. So that would be, according to Google, about $250 for, for that meal and experience. So after that, um, here's where it gets romantic. Uh, I'm going to rent out the Fillmore Miami Beach Theater. So it's this like play theater on the beach. Um, and it was hard to find prices. So I just looked up, you know, booking a, a concert venue on Google. And it said for nice ones, it's about $20,000. So I'm just putting $20,000. I have kind of extra room at the end if I need to expand that. But $20,000 to rent out the theater and to have them show Les Mis, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, incredible love story incredible love story between people who are romantically interested and also um, kind of a parent and daughter situation. That's just really quite beautiful. Um, and so I just think that'd be a nice, you know, romantic little hold hands, uh, watch the show, uh, way to end the night. Um, and then after that, I, I have the option since we're in Miami, you know, if she wanted to hit the town afterwards, we could, if she just wanted to go back and, you know, save some energy for the next day, we could do that as well. I would, you know, in my infinite mercy, give her that choice there. Um, yeah, so comic book Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, good guy. Chivalry. Yes. Uh, thoughts on Saturday before I go into Sunday, Connor. Yeah. I, I really just one question. Have you ever been to Miami or is this all in your imagination? This is all in my, so all in my imagination. I've never been there. So I did look up all these places. These places are real. Okay. So what made you like, what, I might've missed it. What was the, what was the like draw to Miami in the first place? <laughs> It was literally that's where Serena Williams lives. Okay, so I figured it'd be easier to go to her than bring her somewhere else. You know, um, it at least gives you some money doing that. Yeah, yeah, and it you know seems like a cool place. Um, so who, who knows? That's a big risk, I guess. But we can talk about that more later. So that brings us to Sunday. Uh, well, I guess Saturday. So my cost for Saturday was about sixty-five thousand dollars, just a, a tad under. Um, You're still not even so halfway. Still, what's that? You're not even halfway done, right? I know, which is crazy. I feel like I spent so much money and I have so much left over. Um, so that takes us to Sunday. My first move of Sunday is to fly first class again, of course, because I have a ton left to San Antonio, uh, a place where I lived for two years. I have a great love for San Antonio. Uh, that's going to be another $3,000. I'll take her to mass at the cathedral, uh, one of the oldest cathedrals in America. Uh, the Pope's been there. Really cool place downtown. Uh, then I give her a tour around the city, show her where I lived when I was in town, take her to my school, show her around, probably couldn't get into the classroom anymore, but, you know, take her to the Fleurisby golf course I played at, um, and then some of my other favorite places downtown, um, there's this really cool outdoor venue, there's a Mexican farmer's market that's really cool, so spend kind of the morning, early afternoon doing that, that's about $200. Um, that takes us to the kind of like mid-afternoon dinner time, and so this is where it gets spicy, uh, so ahead of time, before this even this weekend even begins, I'm going to pay for a year's worth of lessons with the finest vocal instructor in the land. And so I looked this up. The nicest vocal instructors are about $400 for an online lesson. And so I'm thinking I'll take two lessons a week for a year. That's $800 times 52. That's putting at $41,000 uh, for my lessons. That was my largest expense of this weekend. 
right there. Uh, I, lo- so I, I pay it, for long term investment too, you know. Yeah, and hey, if it doesn't work out, there are other five star quarterbacks in the future for Texas. There are other girls in the future for me that I can wow with with my singing ability. Right, you're just building up the skill set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to take her to the Riverwalk for dinner. I'm going to hire a mariachi band. There's tons along the river. That's going to be about seven hundred dollars. We're going to order dinner on the side of the river, about thirty dollars. This band is going to start approaching while we're eating. As they're approaching and playing their song, without missing a beat, I'm going to look at her and say, hang on a second. Stand up and absolutely nail the chorus of whatever song they're singing. Just mid-song, mid crush it, sing a couple more, and just wow her in the middle of, of the river. That's a real panty dropper. I, I actually saw this happen in real life once. Uh, <laughs> it, it was great. <laughs> I was eating lunch with my roommates and there was this, this couple in front of us and I hadn't really noticed them a ton, but there's a mariachi band really close and I'm just eating my, eating my food. All of a sudden I look up and this guy who was sitting in front of me five minutes ago was standing and was just delivering just an amazing, amazing vocal performance. Um, and I was wowed. I would have dated that guy uh, if, if I was a girl. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 stealing his move, so to speak. Yeah, I love it. Hey, work work from what you know. Okay, so so what's after <laughs> exactly. dinner and the serenading? Um, so yeah, that'll probably take a couple hours, um, just for the full concert and encore and everything. Uh, so after dinner, uh, I'm going to take her back to the cathedral. Uh, and on the weekends, um, in San Antonio at the cathedral, they do this really cool light show. Uh, and it kind of tells the story of the history of the city. It's really beautiful, really cool. Uh, and so while we're there standing and watching, I'm going to hit her with a story about how the first time I was there, it was about a month or two after I moved to San Antonio, I felt super lost. I was missing college, missing all my friends. I wasn't around anybody that I, I, I you know, had spent a lot of time with. Uh, I was like, this doesn't feel right. This feels like a, a place I'm not, I should be inspired by awe and wonder by seeing this and, and I'm just not feeling it. So I tell her that story and then I talk about how I, how I returned a year later um, with some friends from from home uh, and watched the light show again and just felt an overwhelming sense of this is the place for me. I feel at home. This is my city. It was just a really cool, like back and forth uh, and just kind of disparity there. So I tell her that story. And then I tell her that this sense is now only magnified because she's here with me. I feel even more at home now today. And then I kiss her right as soon as the great flood of 1921 section hits and it's game over right there. It's William fucking Shakespeare out here. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, yeah, I hope there are some of our Crawdads demographic listeners are, are still on for round two because, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm giving myself a good resume here. Uh, and yeah. then finally, so that's been pretty late. We've had an action-packed weekend. So there's only one thing left to do. I've saved a lot of money. My Sunday so far has probably taken about $45,000. And that's including the $41,000 uh vocal lessons i took so her and i are going to go to the nearest casino take the rest of our winnings bet all on the roulette and i'm going to let her choose the number or color of her choice and if it hits i propose to her on the spot and that's the end of the weekend what if it doesn't hit then propose to her on the spot (laughs) yeah then, then we we take it slow, and I propose to her two months later, probably. There you go. What a what a plan. Um, really, no no major flaws I can see. Uh, you kind of hit all the spots: the romance, the uh, the big baller, 
the traveling. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. Great. Yeah. So, Hey, any rich donors? Um, I know Dylan, you've already invested a lot of money into this show particularly, but any rich guys listening, I want to fund this state for me. Um, please reach out. I've got the plan. I just need the girl. All right. So that's how my weekend extravaganza with one lucky girl went. Connor, why don't you tell us how are you spending this $280,000 to woo a special lady? Yeah, Tyus, I, 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 uh, I really loved your weekend. I was, I had a lot of fun kind of putting together my weekend here. So, so I'll jump right into it. Uh, Friday, I was thinking, you know, I'd have to work till five, you know, somebody's got to make this $280,000. I'm not taking a day off work. Uh, so pick, you know, I work on the plaza in Kansas city. Uh, I'll fly her in to Kansas city and get her an Uber, uh, Uber to meet me on the plaza. Uh, that'll be about a thousand dollars. Then we will get, I'm going very like, like you said, first class on her flight, whatever. Uh, we'll do yeah, a yeah. happy hour. Yeah, exactly. We'll do a happy hour at Prime Social. They've got like a rooftop bar that overlooks the plaza. Just get some drinks, like the nicest wine, whatever it could be. So I, I, I said $200 for that. Uh, and then dinner at Eddie V's, which is a like a super nice steakhouse on the plaza as well. Again, ball out, get some really nice wine. Uh, $1,000. So... From the beginning here, just just classic rich guy date is kind of what I'm going for. Um, walk down the street a little bit to the melting pot. Uh, this is, you know, I, I talked shit on fondue earlier, but if there's one <laughs> good thing about fondue, it's the dessert, the chocolatey, you know, they have this like tur chocolate turtle or something, chocolate peanut butter, and you dip in there. It's a great experiential dessert date spot. Uh, and then... Here's a, a big chunk of my money is coming late in the night Friday. So a lot of awesome shops on the plaza. Okay. I'm again continuing on my just really rich date. She's going to get $25,000 to shop on the plaza. Buy whatever oh. she wants, clothes, bags, whatever it may be. Um, and then I've got a hotel at the Raphael, which is a super nice hotel in the area. Um that is going to be $1,400 for a two-night stay, so $700 a night. Um, but at the hotel, in I'm going to rent out the ballroom of the hotel as well, and I'm going Ooh. to have a private Jason Derulo concert. <laughs> I looked it up. You can look up like the minimum payment, and that costs $125,000. To get to get a private Jason Derulo concert, just the lady, myself, and Jason Derulo, uh, in a ballroom, and we would do do a, a lot of fun things in there. Uh, I think it would be a surprise, something she wouldn't see coming, but naturally that would wear us out, and uh, <laughs> naturally that would wear us out, and we would uh, we would go to bed in our nice hotel room. So, any thoughts on that Friday night? Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to point out. Uh, I like the rich guy move. You just got to let her know, hey, I'm a baller. This is what you can kind of expect. The only concern I have with the shopping spree is I don't think she'd be taking advantage of the weekend for that because she wouldn't know that going into it. But I think just, okay, future weekends, you're not going to have that $280,000 bankroll. How are you going to match that? She's going to expect, oh, this guy's always going to let me buy things. This guy's going to you know, pay for all this stuff all the time. Yeah, I think that's a concern but also if she's got twenty five thousand dollars worth of stuff and still wants more 
that might be a problem too. Yeah, definitely a, a concern. But I think one thing you're forgetting is I work till five o'clock. So I'm good on the money. <laughs> um, so yeah, not really a concern. Um, but, uh, you know, I skipped over some general things here. Uh, uh, similar to how you spent $41,000 getting vocal lessons, I had some minor minor things for myself. So I had $1,000 shopping for myself to get some great outfits for the weekend, uh, a $50 nice. haircut, um, and oh, nice. renting a 2022 Ford Bronco for the weekend, $1,500, uh, <laughs> you know, just things to make yourself better. <laughs> Uh, anywho, <laughs> I, I love the thoughts, both that and Jason Derulo, I think are great calls. I'm just so curious how you landed on one Jason Derulo and two, a Ford Bron- of all the luxury cars, a Ford Bronco. Yeah. So the Jason Derulo, there's like a website that has every artist, like what it costs to get them for a concert. And I think this is like, if you're a venue, not an individual, but I figured the money would be the same. And, uh, <laughs> All of like the big artists were more than that. So my options were like Jason Derulo or I was between them and three doors down, but I feel like chicks don't really like three doors down. So, uh, yeah, landed on Derulo and the Superman kryptonite. Yeah. And the Ford Bronco, I might be able to elaborate on later. So I'll save my answer for that. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Um, so Saturday we just slept in the hotel. Um, another prep thing I did was I got on cameo and I got a cameo from Jesse McCartney telling her good morning. And so Saturday morning, wow. I will wake her up with the Jesse McCartney cameo, and that's two hundred twenty-five dollars. Then we're gonna we're gonna get in my Bronco. We're gonna go to a nice brunch and mimosas somewhere downtown or on the plaza. Uh, I said three hundred dollars because we're gonna get after it with the mimosas there. Uh, and a good tip. That's another thing. All these meals, I'm I'm overdoing the cost because I want to tip well. Ladies love a guy who tips. So I've been love told. Um, <laughs> next, I'm traveling too. And you bought first class tickets. I, I'm one up in you here. I'm going on a PJ, dude. I, uh, I'm getting round trip private jet uh, from Kansas City to Vegas on Saturday. And that's $30,000 total for, for... That's all? For, yeah, for the private jet. each way. So we're going to get to Vegas. Um, The reason I'm going to Vegas is I've been there a few times. And every time I'm walking around, there's always a guy who's like with arm candy. And you have no idea how that guy got that girl. And I'm assuming if I'm spending $280,000, I'm going after a a five-star recruit here. Uh, And so I want to be the guy (laughs) that has everybody else asking the question, how did that guy get that girl? So... If it was just up to me, I would spend the rest of my money on a gambling budget. But I know uh, I know a lovely lady would like to do some other things. So I, I booked in $1,000 uh, for great tickets to a magic show. Hopefully a David Blaine uh, magic show. And then $2,000 for a nice dinner and drinks. A lot of money. And again, just ball out. And the lady will love that. And she can wear one of the dresses she bought the night before. So that. Uh, so that leaves, from what I ca- calculated, $35,000 budgeted towards gambling money for myself. Uh, <laughs> and that should be able to get me through the night. And uh, yeah, the last thing for Saturday. I'm going to notice something she looked at in the shopping spree Friday night, but didn't buy. And I'm going to buy that for her. You know, just show attentiveness, 
the the little things and, and I, I'm budgeting sixteen hundred dollars for that. You never know what the what the thing she had the eye on would be. So that is nice. uh that is my Saturday. Um again we fly my back way. late, private jet. Any thoughts? Okay. Yeah, my only thought, uh, I think that's all great. Uh first question, is she gonna be participating in the gambling with you or is that hey, you go to bed, honey? Yes, thank you for for asking. Yeah. This is going to be almost entirely devoted to craps, and I'm going to have her. She's not going to be gambling, but she's going to be standing at the table by me, and I'll you know I'll let her blow on the dice and you know clap and cheer me on, because I think like I've seen that in movies and it looks pretty pretty freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, I I love that. Uh, other question. Yeah. Um, is the Jesse McCartney video more for her or more for you? Uh, either one. I'm gonna I'm gonna in the script for him. I'm not going to have him say a name. So it's just going to be like, hey, good morning. I hope you have a great day. And that way, I, even if she ditches me for some other rich guy, I can play the video to myself. Good morning, beautiful. Yeah. And that's yeah. you. That's what yeah. I need to hear. Your beautiful soul. Um, okay, yeah. So that's Saturday. We flew back late into Kansas City. Um, guessing we'll be a little hungover at this point. So Sunday morning, sleep in a little bit, check out of the hotel, uh, and then go to McDonald's for breakfast, $20. There's nothing like a hangover breakfast like McDonald's. Get a sausage biscuit with cheese, some hash browns. Um, and then this is where the Ford Bronco comes in. We're going to go to Walmart, <laughs> and we are going to get the sickest tailgate set up ever. Uh, we're going to get you know nice table, maybe get some barbecue from Oklahoma Joe's, uh, just everything you would need. And we're going to the Chiefs game on on a nice sunday um so i got two first row <laughs> tickets to the chiefs game for a thousand dollars each that's two thousand dollars i budgeted a thousand dollars for the tailgate prep the food the beer the tables like a, the nicest speaker you could imagine some obnoxious like tents and flags and whatnot um eighty dollars for parking because you got to get the gold parking and then okay. $200 for food and drink inside the game, so mostly drink, uh, and $80 more, dollars, $80 more dollars for her to get a nice Chiefs jersey if she doesn't have one. Okay. Um, so I, I've done a bad job going uh, full big picture here. So Friday, the total cost was $151,300. Um, that in big, large in part due to the private Jason Derulo concert. Saturday <laughs> was $69,900. That was mostly our round-trip flight and gambling money. So there's a chance we still had some of that left over, but I operated as if it was all lost. So then Sunday, we only spent $3,400 on the Chiefs activities. So that had me a decent wow. amount left over. Um, and exactly, it had $50,100. And so what I did with that was I donated, I'll donate $50,000 to a charity of her choice. You know, wow. it'd be so nice. It'd be such a good guy move. And the tax write-off would be huge here. So $50,000 <laughs> of donations. And perhaps the thing that's most important in all this, $100 is going to my savings account. Because I know women like a frugal man, uh, someone they can rely on, they can count on. That doesn't just spend willy-nilly. So yeah, $100 to the savings. And that, that about wraps it up. <laughs> <laughs> and a frugal man you are uh i when i hear private jason Drulo concert the first thought that comes to my hand is wow 
that guy knows how to make make a dollar count. Um, so I love that. Two questions for you. Uh, number one, I love the Chiefs jersey idea. Um, is there any player that she could choose that would be a red flag for you? That's like, oh, she's getting this jersey. I need to reassess. Um, no. Uh, Tyreek Hill would have been the only – Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt, just because of their off-the-field issues, came to mind immediately. But I don't think those are offered in the team store anymore. So I think, you know, any of the, any of the options would be okay by me. Any green flags there? Um, maybe George Karloftis, rookie defensive end from Purdue. He's just a goober. I think, I think that'd be a good sign. <laughs> yeah. If she knows who George Karloftis is, you got to lock her down on the spot. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> actually, actual answer would be Nick Bolton though. Mizzou guy. Oh, uh, so that, that'd be the real, the biggest green flag. Karloftis is a close second. So, okay. okay. Well, uh, yeah, you guys will have to, to reach out to us. Let us know who you think would have a, uh, a better chance at, at some pulling the lady here. And we're talking specifically to our female listeners. Let us know which of us you would rather spend a weekend with. Um, and remember it's the thought that counts. So, uh, we could imagine this together if, if you'd be so inclined okay in our first baseball segment of podcast history here uh we're talking the home run race you got aaron judge uh trying to set the yankees record but what we're going to talk about today is albert pujols currently at 698 home runs uh he's just hanging on for dear life trying to get to 700. Um, Tyus, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, much has been made of kind of the suspicious nature of the home runs coming, you know, after the all-star break uh, and, and quick and quick and fast. Um, so I am a lifelong Cubs fan, um, and I spent much of my childhood just getting my heart ripped out of my chest by Pujols, and uh, the Cardinals were beating the Cubs as many times as they did. So my hope is that he hits one more, and then the season ends and he retires and he's stuck at 699 forever. Um, just to really stick it to all the Cardinals fans for all for all the joy they took from me when I was growing up. Um, kind of repay the favor there. Yeah, that would be a uh, a sorry way. You know, it, it would really suck taking all those steroids and, and still coming up one short. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, coming up short kind of happens a lot when you take steroids, though. So I, you can't say you didn't have a count. <laughs> um, but. The, but that leads us into our hypothetical for our first baseball segment, as you mentioned. Um, so in light of Pujols hitting almost 700 home runs, but he's not going to get there. Uh, we're talking about things that we've done almost 700 times in our lives, but not quite. So, so just a little bit short. So I can kick things off and then we'll bounce back and forth. So my first thing that I've done almost 700 times has been imagining receiving sexual advances from Ana de Armas in the past week since you brought that up in our last podcast. Damn it. I had a, <laughs> I had a similar one. Mine was just stalking her Instagram. But yeah, that's... Uh, that, oh, no way you're under 700 on that one. You know, I didn't know about her until, until four years ago. So it would definitely be over if it was a lifelong lifelong passion of mine. But yeah, great pick. Great pick. She's a, she's a smoke. That blonde movie just came out. I think I need it. Maybe it was just on like a film festival, but that's uh that's been running through my mind a lot. So great pick there. <laughs> um, I'll go to, to mine next. 
once again, call back to episode one. It's about pooping. I'm going to say shitting in my current home. So, you know, way over uh, 700 poops in my life. I moved into this home in about fourth grade, I think. Uh, obviously gone for college. So that I think I did the math. Um, in the years I was living full-time at home, that's about twice a week. Uh, so maybe more than that, but I was a big, you know, shit at school guy. Uh, so, you know, I think that, that brings my number down. So there, there's a small chance that that's over 700, but I, I think we're probably in the 620 to 650 range. Being a shit at school guy is a major red flag. We need to talk about that off air sometimes. Uh, that's concerning. Private school had the two ply baby. Oh, geez. Okay. I take it all back. Um, <laughs> nice. My next one uh, that I've done 700 times or almost has been watching Sunday night football. Uh, I did the math on this as well. Uh, let's say 17 weeks of Sunday night football a year. I've probably been watching since I was, you know, seven or eight. That puts me at about somewhere between 400 and 500 Sunday night football games that I know I've sat down and watched uh, at some point. Yeah. So that's more of the, uh, you know, the Salvador Perez chase than it is the uh the, the albert pujols but but good answer there um my next one miles ran with the intent of exercise uh i've gone on a few things here my max is usually about you know three miles whenever i've done it and i think i've probably done it a couple hundred times in my life so you know i think we're right about 600 uh miles for exercise now does that include just straight up you're running and all you're doing is, is running around or does that include sports and other games too? No, strictly like on a treadmill or going on a run with, with running being the objective. Nice. Nice. I, I, I love that for you. I'm glad, you know, guys, sporting guys, I'm glad you're, you're, you're getting healthy and, and doing some running there, bruiser. I'd say 200 exercises over 26 years is, is not, not <laughs> super, uh, not super indicative of a healthy lifestyle, but, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah, well, you know, you know what they say, how do you eat an elephant? Uh, one bite at a time. And if you're only running that much, I'm sure you know a lot about that. So uh, I'll move on to my to my next uh, my next one, and it is winning a board or a card game. Um, I think I played a lot of board games and card games growing up with my family, and obviously with friends in school. Um, and I like to say I have a pretty decent record, um, especially when I was playing you schmucks uh, in cards in college. Um, but I don't know. 700 games is a lot. And so I think over a lifetime of work, I'm probably somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. Um, I think I'm probably about the same. I think I, I wish I would have thought of that. I think I, that's probably about accurate for me. I've got one more. Um, okay. And this is one that I, I couldn't decide which avenue to go, uh, but it's centered around blue bombs from big 12. And, <laughs> oh no. And I think I've bought, well over 700 but i don't think i've drank anywhere really close i think i've probably had maybe 400 blue bombs consumed over my days um but i've probably bought upwards of a thousand so you know i i think just just blue bomb festivities was my last one wow we're getting two blue bombs references in one podcast that's the quality content you guys are signing up for as our listeners uh and i think you need to be put on some sort of federal list for that connor um but I respect it. Hey, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> the government ain't going right. to stop me. 
Yeah, and the government ain't stopped Albert Pujols just yet. Uh, so that'll do it for our, our Talking Baseball segment. Uh, do what you want to do. Well, if you like chocolate cake um, and you eat a piece uh, and then you have one dangled in front of your face, you're probably going to want to eat that too. Not much is going to stop you. So, I mean, that's how that's how you feel about the Super Bowl. I mean, that's, uh, that, that is the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. And then uh, you, you need to – you're going to try to go get it if you can. You know, that's – all right, and we're going to get things started with some NFL talk for this section of the podcast. Uh, we're coming fresh off the Monday night game, Eagles versus Vikings. My favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, are officially a wagon. They just smoked the Vikings out of nowhere. Um, I was kind of expecting a loss, a little bit of a, a letdown after a, 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 an impressive win over the Lions week one. So so I'm, I'm fully drinking the Kool-Aid, Connor, and I'd be curious to your thoughts kind of as a more impartial outsider, but... Jalen Hurts, that was the best game I've seen him play in his career. He looked confident throwing the ball. He was rolling out and making plays with his legs, but it didn't look like he was resorting to run plays when things were breaking down, keeping his eyes downfield, putting some touch on the ball, bombing it to Quez Watkins. Um, so feeling really good about the offense. And then, of course, what can't you say about that defensive performance on Monday? Uh, Darius Slay uh, might be my favorite player in the league right now, um, and especially because I was especially nervous for this game just because, as you know, so much has been made of the Jalen Rager pick over Justin Jefferson a couple years ago. And it just felt like the perfect storm for him to go off for like 200 yards and just have everybody laugh in our face like, oh, look at this guy you could have had. Um, and he's torching you now. So not only to shut him down, but to pick, pick off Kirk Cousins twice when he's targeting Jefferson. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's we're, I'm feeling like NFC championships very much within the, the realm of possibilities here. Uh, but I don't know, Connor, what, what are your thoughts from, from the Monday night game? Yeah, is Jalen Rager's on the Vikings too now, right? <laughs> yeah, he was returning punts for them yeah, last night. That could have been double kill if, if they both did good now, I guess. But, uh, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, think Jalen Hurts has looked really good. Um, just like it, it's one of those things where you're watching him and you don't know how the other team can stop a drive. Like they, they pick up their downs. You know, when he needs to run, he can pick it up if, if they've got the weapons on the outside now with A.J. Brown. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm nervous about the Eagles. We might talk about that more in a little bit. But uh, I'd be optimistic if I were you. Yeah, I hope so. And and just to your third down point, that was the year that we won the Super Bowl. That was really kind of where we shone on offense. We had uh, kind of uh, an abnormal conversion rate on third down, and it was definitely not something that was sustainable. But for that year, we just really – really thrived on third down. So hopefully we can, we can replicate that again. Um, but let's kick it back to Thursday night, Connor, um, Andy Reid's new team, the chiefs. Uh, what do you think about their game against the chargers? Yeah. So, uh, we're going back to back weeks to start the podcast where I've been in attendance for, uh, for a game. So Ooh. last week, Mizzou, this week I was at Arrowhead to, to watch that matchup, the home opener. Uh, n- not much I can say other than we're still unbelievable. Uh, you know, garbage time touchdown to, to get it within three at 27, 24, but, uh, that pick six really sealed it. Um, the best thing for me is I'd say the three most exhilarating plays all happened. I was at the end zone seats, upper deck, and they all happened in my end zone. The pick six was coming my way. The, uh, and then the two great touchdown passes. I thought Mahomes and Herbert, both, neither of them had great games, but both showed flashes, uh, that 
Mahomes kind of moving up in the pocket, kind of across his body, touchdown pass, and then Herbert just putting that one on a, on a thread uh, for six. I think that was their second-to-last touchdown. But it was a good game. Uh, division opponent, Andy Reid, a menace. So uh, I it's I don't know the record off the top of my head. I should look into it. But it's, it's insane what Andy Reid's done against the AFC West. So, yeah, still optimistic about the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you bear some responsibility for the win. Then, if they were scoring in your end zone every time, uh, maybe just as you're buying tickets for future games, something to to look into. Oh, where are the Chiefs going to be going in the fourth quarter? Yeah, or maybe I buy two different tickets and then switch to the Ooh. direction the Chiefs are going. But yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. So, uh, well, uh, I think that that covers Chiefs and Eagles talk, and we can get on to our next segment, which will be. Uh, the least surprising surprise of the week. So last week we did the biggest surprise, something you weren't expecting, and and this is the least surprising surprise. So if it's not clear, I'll I'll go ahead and get things rolling, uh, right. with with my least surprising surprise. And really, it's twofold. This week put me in a time capsule back to uh to last October. I was in the Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. And my biggest bet of the weekend was the Vikings to cover against the Cowboys. It was Kirk Cousins, and they were going up against Cooper Rush for the Cowboys. So this is a bit of a twofold, least surprising surprise. Uh, number one, the Vikings might be frauds. They were my uh, my showdown pick last week. I'm a little nervous about that. And the second least surprising <laughs> surprise is that Cooper Rush just finds ways to get wins. Um, so Cowboys winning uh, with a backup quarterback and Kirk Cousins being an absolute fraud uh, are my least surprising surprises. What about you? Yeah, one of those makes me very nervous. The other made me very happy. Um, but I, I had Kirk Cousins throwing three interceptions in a primetime game on my list, so, so I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and I'm glad I had a backup. So so my other least surprising surprise of the NFL slate this weekend was Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore getting into a fight in the middle of the game. I did some research on this, and this is the third time that they fought each other. I, obviously, they're division rivals and play each other twice a year. Um, but for the last, you know, Six years, every one out of every four times, the Saints and the Buccaneers have played each other. These two have been at each other's throats, throwing hands. Forget about the game. Forget about winning. It's you against me. It's on. Uh, and so the other thing I looked up that I just thought was hilarious. Um, Mike Evans has been fined $40,000 for all of his fights with Marshawn Lattimore. And Marshawn Lattimore has been fined $10,000. So these guys hate each other so much they're willing to to lose you know a new car on, on on fighting one another which I just I just love it I think it's good for the NFL so it's surprised when anytime the players gonna fight but not these two so least surprising surprise yeah I think that's a great answer like the the crazy thing is these fights aren't just like a, a one-off like shove that they've been some some haymakers some some big hits so it's it's been fun to watch and yeah not not too surprising at all <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think we can move on to our last little NFL bit, the weekly season total showdown. So, you know, as you guys know, last week uh, I picked the Bills over 10.5, still a wagon, looking good. And uh, my, my potential regret pick is the Vikings over 9.5. Still think they can get there, but but not, not uh, too confident after this week. Tyus, what's your situation? So, yeah, mine were um, the Cowboys under... I believe it was nine and a half also. Um, I feel I'm not as great about that with the win, but I think, you know, you give every backup is entitled to one win per year. So 
let's just hope that was their their big backup win. Um, and then my other one was Dolphins over eight and a half. Feeling great about that one after they they came back and beat the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, that Dolphins one was huge. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll jump into mine for this week. So week two, uh, again, one AFC, one NFC. Uh, I'm going in-house here on both. I'm taking the Chiefs over 10.5 and, and the Eagles over 9.5 for both my picks here. So uh, our, both of our squads are looking good. Already off to 2-0 and o starts, and uh, I don't see them stopping anytime soon. Yeah, you know how to make me smile, Connor. Uh, and I actually have the Chiefs as my team for the AFC as well this week. I have them over 10.5. Uh, I can't think of the last time they've been below that with Andy Reid and Mahomes. Um, and an extra game, I don't see how they don't get over 10.5. Um, and so my NFC team, I'm not going with the Eagles. Just, you know, don't want to put all my eggs in one basket here. Uh, so I'm taking the Lions over 6.5. Um, they beat the Commanders. They hung with the Eagles. I think they're going to be better. Um, and they have a pretty easy schedule. So I think seven wins is is very possible for the Lions. Big Dan Campbell guy, huh? Your dad and and a, and a coach you're a fan of. Hey, you got, you got to go to the sidelines. You got to cheer on dad. You know, maybe he'll let me meet some players after the game if they win. There you go. All right, well, we'll keep track of that and update you guys next week how we're doing. Uh, just a side note here, we're thinking about getting a Twitter going, so we'll start keeping track of that and uh, and posting our picks so you guys can, can have that to reference as the season goes on. But uh, I think that wraps up our NFL segment for this week's episode. You're fucking crazy, but I can't turn down free money. You got a bit. Okay, and on to our uh, our three bet segment. So off to a off to a good start here for me. I went two and one last week. You know, USC. I had them at minus twelve and a half. They won forty five to seventeen. Uh, I had the over 46.5 in the Rams-Falcons game. That ended up 31-27. So those were two easy wins. Uh, but then I had Bears plus 10 on Sunday Night Football. They lost 27-10. to uh, Tyus, 3-0. and you, you tailed the right ones and you faded the Bears. You had the right read on the Packers. Uh, all I've got to say is the Bears should have uh, covered if they would have called that a touchdown across the goal line. But how's it feel 3-0 against my 2-1? You know, people are saying I might be the best gambler of all time, uh, and I'm willing to hear out their case. Um, so I'm looking to ride the wave. Uh, that touchdown call was huge for me. Um, so so hope that luck continues. Uh, I might have to call some refs in the future, but yeah, feeling good. Yeah, it stings that I, you know, I picked two of them, and it almost feels like I get no credit because all you had to say was tail, uh, and and you get the same amount of love. So anyways, on to our... Uh, <laughs> Our three bets for this week. Again, I've got one college, two NFL. Um, my college one, a team that's that's starting to come on the radar. Uh, we've got a Friday night game here. I'm taking the Syracuse Orange minus 10 versus Virginia. So two just uh, highly touted football schools in out in the <laughs> ACC. But I'm taking the Orange minus 10 at home versus Virginia. Taylor Fade. Uh, I'm going to fade this one. And I know next to nothing about either one of these football teams, but um, I feel like people always talk about Syracuse as one of the best journalism schools in the country. And as two proud graduates of the best journalism school in the country, Mizzou, I just can't get on board with with betting on them. So I'm going to fade you and I'll take Virginia. Go Hoos. 
Okay, all right. That's my lock of the week. So I, 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 I'll, oh, be, no. I'll be real disappointed if that one misses. Uh, my next one, I'm taking the Ravens minus three in New England against the Patriots. They, they blew a big lead. They, they showed a lot of promise, but they blew the lead. Uh, I just think that they've got way too much firepower uh, for, for Mac Jones and company to keep up. Taylor Fade. I'm tailing all the way here. I, the Patriots did win week two, but they didn't look great. They only scored 17 points, and they're playing Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. Uh, and, yeah, everything you said about the Ravens, I agree with. I think Lamar is on a mission this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tailing you. All right. And my last one, uh, another NFL. Uh, we, we believed in Marcus Mariota to get us the over last week, and I believe in him again to, uh, <laughs> to cover and, and actually beat the, uh, the Seahawks. Falcons plus one and a half in Seattle. Uh, I'm, I'm just Mariota over Geno Smith at this point. You're going to tail or fade? Sticking with the two-in-one formula here, I'm going to tail again. Uh, I agree. Falcons have been frisky both weeks they've played. Have a lot more confidence in Mariota than Geno Smith. Uh, Seahawks had a big emotional win week one. Looked pretty bad last week. Uh, I think that's going to be more of the norm for them. So, yes, give me the Falcons. Give me the tail. All right, so to recap that, uh, we've got Ravens minus three in New England. Tyus is tailing. Falcons plus one and a half in Seattle. Tyus is tailing. And Friday night, Lefty Lynch, lock of the year. Syracuse <laughs> minus 10 versus the University of Virginia. But Tyus is fading that one. So uh, we'll, we'll keep track of that and see how things go. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful. And so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Thank All you. right, we're going to uh, go ahead and get going with our uh, guest hypothetical here. We've got guest Noah Freeman on. Uh, so it's me, Tyus, and Noah. We are going to draft today in a Mount Rushmore uh, sitcom characters you would want to be friends with. So first things first, we're going to get the draft order set. Tyus got the wheel of names ready. Why don't we get this yeah. thing going? Yeah, and before we do that, I just want to make a quick point. Uh, so Noah is is our friend. The reason we're having him on is because he is probably the most prolific sitcom watcher of his generation. The dude has seen the most sitcoms, spent the most hours just in the film room, grinding the tape. Um, so so we know he's going to give us some, some great answers. No, Noah, did you want to say hi before we get started? Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I have watched a lot of sitcoms, so I, I feel prepared for this. Um, and we're working across three different time zones right now, so I'm glad we were able to find the time to do this together. Um, one hour differences make for some pretty difficult math for me, so I'm glad we're here. <laughs> yeah, personally, I logged in the Zoom three different times this afternoon just because I didn't know which eight o'clock we were doing. So, so I'm glad we made it work. All right, here we go. Wheel of names for the first pick. Can I get a drum roll, please? Do, 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 do. Oh, it's oh red baby. First pick for me. Let's go. Connor. Clap it off. Clap it off, Connor. Very nicely done. All right. Round two. Who's getting the second? All right. All right. All right. Noah's going to be second. And that means right where I want to be. I get the back end of the snake back to back. I'm feeling good. Uh, but that's going to go ahead and let us get started. So, Connor. The one one in the sitcom characters that you'd like to be friends with, Mount Rushmore draft. Okay, I've got one quick, quick clarifying question before we get going here. 
Did okay. you guys treat this prep for this as if we're making a friend group or just individual, you know, I'd be friends with this guy. I'd be friends with this guy, so on and so forth. I did individual. I also did individual. I did not think of it as a one big group. Okay. Sounds good. I'll scratch all the women off my list then. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, I didn't necessarily want the first pick, but, uh, once it landed on my name, there was somebody that I just knew I had to have. Uh, it's from my personal favorite sitcom, one that maybe not a lot of other people love as much as I do. Uh, but I'm taking Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother. A uh, few reasons. Number one is he is loaded, so he you know pays for everything. But the, the probably the bigger reason is he's just so adventurous. He's always down to go out on a new adventure, uh, go to the clubs, just sit at the at the local bar you know, go pick up girls at an airport, whatever it may be. Uh, he's always up for the, the ride. So I'm going Barney Stinson, 1-1. One, one. I, li I like it. I think it's a good pick. Uh, and maybe not my top choice from that show. Uh, we'll get to that probably later. Um, but I do think, to your point about him being adventurous, is that he's never adventurous on his own, too. He's always wants Ted. He always wants his other friends with him. And so that's, I think, a great just glue guy for, for keeping the group together. Noah, what do you think? Yeah, uh, that's a good point, Tyus. I like that. Um, Barney certainly crossed my mind. Um, but I think, you know, sitcoms have a tendency to show a lot of good good uh, features in characters and a lot of bad features. And to me, the, the bad features for Barney are very, very bad. Um, multiple times, he was like a genuine bad friend uh, to some of the people he would call his closest friends. Um, so I, I totally see the merit, uh, but I don't love it for myself, but, but I, I like it. It's a good pick. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll knock myself on one big thing. Uh, steals his, his friends, girls, you know, he's a big bro code guy. That's, that's what his identity is and, and a questionable breach there. So, but luckily for me, I have not had a serious girlfriend in some time, so he can, he can knock himself out. <laughs> Okay, Noah, I think you're up. Cool. Um, so my first choice, probably not one that catches the eye immediately, but my first choice is going to be Charles Boyle uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, for a few reasons. One, he's the ultimate hype man. Um, he compliments. So I, I kind of put myself in the position of Jake Peralta, who is who is Charles Boyle's best friend. He is compliment, constantly complimenting um, Jake Peralta saying, Jake, you're so awesome. That's amazing. Um, that's a good friend to have. Um, he's a really, really good chef. So he's always making food, um, for everyone around him. He makes tons of that's what she said jokes and they're not even on purpose. Like they're like actually, uh, good sayings. Um, that would be hilarious. And then, uh, you know, if nothing else works for you, it's always good to have the police on your side and not on the other side. So, um, I'm going with Charles Boyle for my first pick. Wow. Uh, he was not on my list, but I think the reasoning makes a lot of sense. I think the food is is a key thing. And uh, kind of going back to Brewster's last pick, I think you know for certain, certain that Charles Boyle is never going to steal your girl. So you don't have to worry about that from the beginning, uh, which maybe, I don't know, maybe that's why Noah's been friends with us for so long, Connor. But what, what, did, what did you think? Yeah, I uh, I think Noah and I couldn't have gone more polar opposites. Polar opposites. <laughs> I went like the, uh, the swaggy, you know, kind of shitty guy. But, you know, has his good moments. And Noah just went with, like, the most wholesome good guy out there. So, yeah, I, 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 I like the pick. Again, wasn't on my list either, but, you know. 
that's why we bring in the expert for this. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that brings it to me then. Um, and I'm kind of at a crossroads here because my first three picks are on the board. Um, and I, I don't know where to go here. Uh, but I think the obvious one, one, and I'm shocked he fell to me. Um, I think the audience will agree with me too, is going to the office and just Jim Halpert. I mean, just the definition of a guy's guy, a bro. If you work with him, he's going to make your day at work so much better. He's not going to take himself too seriously. You can, you know, prank the other weird guy who, who's at work with you. So, like, you know, Noah and I could team up and prank Connor on this Zoom call. Um, he's good at sports, which I think is, is a big plus. You know, great to have him on your pickup team. Um, and, you know, talk about the Eagles, talk about the Sixers, you know, all those things. And I think most importantly, the thing with Jim uh, is everyone loves his little facial expressions towards the camera in the show. Uh, and so think about if you were hanging out with him all day, all those facial expressions would be directed right at you. And I don't know, that just would make me feel really special. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. Jim was, uh, again, kind of, yeah, the face value, like person you first think of, or, or in my opinion, um, someone I first thought of, but I think he seems kind of boring outside of work. Um, not that we get like a real good glimpse into that. Uh, but it seems like he's always just like going home, uh, doing nothing for the evening and then coming to work the next day and flirting with Pam again. Um, it doesn't seem like he's like super adventurous. Like even when he was planning the trip, uh, Ryan said something along the lines of like, he does this exact same thing every day. I'm going to guess he goes to Philadelphia. Um, so just like, in my opinion, seems a little boring. Um, but like, yeah, all-time good guy. Um, so not a bad pick. Yeah, I think I think Jim is one of those where, like, practically, I would absolutely be friends with him. Like, a lot of same interests, a lot of same, like, you know, sense of humor, personality. But I think the biggest red flag, and you know, is just Pam. It, uh, you know, she's she's boring. She's a stick in the mud. Uh, if you ever have to hang out with her in a, in a group setting, that wouldn't be fun. And it seems like she's by far his number one priority. But, you know, like I said, in the real world, Jim would be a good guy to, to hang out with. So who's yeah. your uh, who's your next pick, Tyus? Yeah, no, all good points. And I, and I think taking Jim is like taking Duke to win, to make it to the final four in the bracket. It's like not original. It's not creative, but they're ranked number one so often for a reason. So so that's that's my take on Jim. Um, so my number two, <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to how I met your mother here. Um, my first pick from that show is going to be Marshall Erickson. Um, kind of a similar vibe here, just an all time good dude, similar interests, huge board game guy. We've talked extensively on the show about our love of board games. Uh, he even goes as far as to create, uh, his own board game, which I think would be really fun. Um, he's always down for shirking responsibilities, going to the bar, having a fun hypothetical debate, which is kind of the premise of this entire show. So I think he'd fit in super well with us. Um, and he's a lawyer. And so, you know, he's paying for drinks uh, a lot of the times when we go out. Isn't that right, Connor? Yeah, he's uh, like an environmental lawyer, though. So and he becomes a judge. So going back to Noah's comment about the police being on your side, maybe even better to have yes. a judge on your side. Um, I love Marshall. I was so close to taking him over Barney, but I think it was just the sex appeal uh steered me in the direction I went, you know, not that Jason Siegel's not sexy. I've gotten a lot of comparisons to him in my days, but, uh, <laughs> character wise, you know, he's, he's more, uh, by the, by the straight and narrow. So Noah, any thoughts? 
Yeah, Marshall was also on my list from How I Met Your Mother. Um, uh, I, I like your point about he's always down for for whatever is coming. You could be you could just set six beers in front of him and say chug, and he's going to chug. Um, <laughs> the other thing that really intrigued me about him was um, he's in a committed relationship, like the entire show, pretty much, um, and he's always looking to get like hook up his other friends with uh, other people. Um, and that goes really for guys and girls. He's just there to be a wingman um, to whoever whoever needs it. And I think that's pretty a, a good friend as well. Yeah. And on that Definitely note, something. go ahead. I was just gonna say on that note, unlike Pam, Lily is a really cool hang too. So so good significant other is definitely a plus in my book. Absolutely, absolutely. And and show me a character with a better shoulder to cry on than Marshall. You, you just can't do it. But that'll, that'll wrap up my talk. I can go on and on. Uh, so I think that brings us back to Noah. Noah, who's your second pick? Okay, my second pick, um, I'm going to go with my personal favorite sitcom character of all time. And that's going to be Nick Miller, Nick Miller from the streets of Chicago. Um, <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal character. Um, he is, well, we'll start with the obvious. Bartender, free drinks all the time. Um, he's never busy, never stressed, um, pretty much always free, <laughs> um, to hang out, do whatever. Um, and then, you know, he has the grumpy demeanor, um, but he proves his, his friendship just over and over again, um, to Schmidt, to Winston, to coach. Um, so, so I'm going with Nick Miller for my number two. Yeah. Yeah. He was the one I was deciding between with Marshall. I, I think it's a great pick. The bar, I was going to mention the bartender thing. And, um, also he's a handyman. So if any, ever anything goes wrong in your apartment or your building, he's there, he's going to fix it at least for 30 to 45 minutes before it breaks again. Yeah. I love Nick Miller. Uh, definitely the, the top friend in that show for me, I would say, uh, and a great show, great character. No, uh, no knocks on that pick. So uh, I think that brings me to my second pick. Um, I'm going to have to run this by you on whether or not we consider this show a sitcom. Uh, and the show is Ted Lasso. Yay or nay? Yay for me. Nay going into it, but I could be persuaded. It's a, to me, it's a sitcom. I, I thought it was well, too. It's, it doesn't fit your typical mold of like, you know, group of friends in a city like where every episode is just a new like theme. Um, but it's a comedy. It's situational. I don't know. Yeah. No. I'll, yeah. And I don't think, I, I think, go ahead, no. I think just like the, yeah, the comedy is a huge part of the show. Um, and to me, that's what, obviously they have probably a more in-depth plot than some of the other ones. Um, but but the comedy is just such a big part of it that that for me it's EA. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes sense, and and I don't think I would have picked any characters from that show over my first two picks anyway. So I have no no issue against it. So I think you're free to go. All right. Well, I appreciate that uh, that leniency, and my next pick is going to be all time vibe guy Ted Lasso himself. Um, <laughs> just always hilarious, and a lot of it's where he's not even necessarily trying. You know, it's just like the 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 one-off sayings he has or, or little things here and there. Uh, unlike Barney, one of the most loyal, like, good friends you have, you know, brings the little biscuits to his boss, uh, just always has little treats. 
Uh, and then, yeah, just vibes, inspiring, you know, good messages that he sends. I feel like he'd always be there for you. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ted Lasso to par with Barney Stinson. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I think he's so positive. I think some people might view that as a red flag, like he's too positive. That'd be exhausting to stay around all the time. But I just think positivity and happiness are such attractive qualities. I, I, I don't think I would tire of them personally. No, what do you think? Yeah, uh, he was on my list, uh, which is maybe why I thought yay so quickly. Um, but he was on my list, and I, I nodded. I, I put a few notes for, for a few different people that I was thinking about for this, and I have one note under Ted Lasso, and it says, all-time good guy, just like you said. Um, so I think, that's, I think that's a really, really good pick. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, I was excited to get him there in the, uh, in the second round. Um, and now my next pick, I really don't think you guys were going to take this guy. Um, but he was the one one on my list if I was just going purely, you know. I took some of the other guys thinking they might not get back to me, but this is a guy I wanted to have. And I'm taking Sam Malone from Cheers. Uh, so an older sitcom there. It was on Netflix a little while back. I binged it, loved it. Uh, quick rundown. He Former Red Sox pitcher. Uh, he owns his own bar. In, in Boston. So like Nick Miller, hooks you up with the drinks. Um, but just always there for you. He, he really close friends with everybody that works at the bar, that goes to the bar. Uh, I know you guys might not have a ton to say if you haven't seen it, but I had to take Sam alone. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but my dad loves the show and I know he's the main character. So I feel like he's got to be a good vibes guy too. Noah, have you seen yeah, it? Not, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, nothing to add. I've heard really good things though. All right. Well, I I uh, I might have just tanked myself in the voting for this week, but I'd rather die uh, being myself than win being somebody I'm not. So, on to you, Noah, for your third pick. Okay. Whew. Um, third pick. I'm gonna switch up our gender a little bit. Take a f- our first female of the draft and go with Elaine Bennis no. from Seinfeld. Um, Elaine is, I can tell maybe was on Tyus's list as well. Um, Elaine is what I would consider the rock of the group, um, in Seinfeld. Um, the other three characters are all freaking hilarious, uh, but they would fall apart without Elaine. Um, she kind of just brings everyone together. Um, and I think it's really cool that she's friends with, um, all of them and with everyone, despite any like romantic or relationships like with Jerry or even like just, um, more like intimate thoughts from George and Kramer. There's some really funny moments about that. Um, and she kind of just like lets them go and, and moves on and is still friends with them. Um, so there's just no awkward moments with Elaine. Um, she's hilarious on her own. Um, and it's just a good friend with, with the other hooligans in that show. Yeah, you, you guessed correctly. No, she was on my list, and I, I think you're so right. I, I and mostly because she is just the biggest chiller on the play, face of the earth, and I just I think it'd be so fun to just sit back and just gossip with her for hours. I feel like she's always got some juicy news or like some like really funny opinion that she just lays on the group, um, and just I think it's it'd be so fun to just shoot the shit with her and, and hang out. Yeah, I. Uh... I think if it was a group setting, I definitely would have taken her. That's why I asked that question up front. Um, and for all the reasons you said in your explanation, kind of like a, a, a glue gal, uh, oh, you know, keeps the group together, uh, doesn't get tied down with individual relationships and still like 
really fun in just the, in the group settings. So I think it's a good pick. All right. Well, nicely done, Noah. Uh, so I think that leads us to my last two picks, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. Um, so I am going to go back to How I Met Your Mother and continue the trend of women friends. Um, and I'm going to go with Robin Sherbatsky. Um, again, kind of like Marshall, she's always down to hang out with the friends. I know work is important to her, but she, the time she does not use for her romantic relationships, she uses for her friends and, and hanging out. Um, she loves doing like very fun activities. You know, she could shoot, teach me how to shoot a gun. She could teach me how to drink a whiskey straight. Um, we're shooting two skills that, you know, I feel like as a red blooded American, I need to know, even though she's Canadian, um, she could teach me how to play hockey. And most importantly, um, or I guess two things. One, I've never been friends with anybody famous, uh, and I'd love to to see her, you know, sit TV show experience from Canada and her music video fame. Um, that'd be a fun one. And then finally, um, if you're friends with her, there's about a 66% chance that she dates you. Um, and I just like to throw my name my my name in the ring there for for that statistic as well. Yeah, two. I love it. Oh, go ahead. I was just say two thoughts on that. Uh, love Robin Shabatsky. I think she is like the uh, the epitome of towing the line perfectly between like a guy's girl, but also still has like the the attractiveness, right? I I don't think it's gonna take him. Like Phoebe is so platonic that uh, you know it's almost weird to be friends with her. But Robin Trubatsky is just like right in the line of you can shoot the shit, or you know maybe there's something special there. Um, so that's that. And then second, like you said, the Robin Sparkles. I always think like a, a great thing to do with a friend is pull up like old huddle highlights, just like old videos and uh, and just being able to pull out the Robin Sparkles videos would be a, a great friend move. So I so the part you mentioned about the 66 percent chance of a romantic relationship that actually like steered me away from her at, at the start, just because there was there's so much baggage with her already. Um and again, I'm kind of getting into the weeds of like assuming I'm going to be in that friend group um, and that I'm also hanging out with Ted and Barney and that whole situation, which is probably just going in too deep. Um, but I think just the romantic relationships that she has with like, yeah, half the people in the show um, kind of just steers me away a little bit. But she's a badass woman. Uh, no doubt about it. I, I like your reasons. I like the pick. Yeah, totally. And and I think just one thing to her credit is that she always overcomes the baggage that comes with the the relationships. Like I think a lot of people would, you know, that would that'd be the end of the friendship and, you know, there's no turning back. She stays committed to the friend. She's willing to, you know, be uncomfortable for something greater. So we'll ask Robin, Robin I just thought of the little yeah. bit that she has with Ted with like the Colonel Mustard or whatever it is. Like having yes. little bits like that with a friend is an all time thing too. So mm-hmm. Yes, totally, totally. And she's always encouraging shenanigans too, which I think is is a must-have in a friend. Um, so that's my third pick. And then my fourth pick uh, might get a little contentious here, um, but if the jury will allow me, I'd like to combine two characters into one because I think in their show, they're so closely related that it's hard to separate them. And so I'm just taking them as a package deal. Is, is that okay? Probably. We'll let you know if if, if not. Okay, I don't think these guys are going to be on your lists anyway, and so I don't think you'll have too many complaints. But my last pick is going to be Abed and Troy from Community. Um, just the definition of goobers. Um, goofy guys, number one, I love movies. 
these guys are always watching movies together. They're always just up to some kind of crazy scheme, doing fun stuff around, you know, the school. Um, and then also just those rap videos that they do at the end of every episode. I want to be a part of one of those so badly. They just kind of have a beautiful, magical charisma about them. Um, I think they just, you know, keep my spirits up all the time. So that's my pick. I've never seen I have that not show. watched much of that show, so I, I, don't, uh, I don't know about it. Yeah, but I, I like it. They're the best. Um, yeah, go look up their raps after this, uh, and, and you'll understand. All right. No, I think that leads us to you, uh, your fourth pick. Ooh, I'm just stuck between two. I'm stuck between two. Um, okay, I am going to go with my fourth pick, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Um, I kind of uh, make myself sound really old by trying to just be friends with middle-aged dudes. <laughs> but Phil is, uh, uh, we kind of keep going back to like the good guy. He's just a really good guy. He has a very childlike spirit, uh, which I think is just good for everyone. Um, it'd be really like a, a positive experience to be around. Um, he wants to be friends with his kids so bad that I think he has time for other friends as well. Um, if, if they presented themselves, um, and just always down for like the next adventure. Um, you know, whether it's like jumping in a bounce house or making a tree house or something like whatever childlike thing he's trying to do, um, he's all in on it. And I think it'd be kind of fun to be a part of that. Yeah, I was definitely going to take him if you didn't. So I'm, I'm mad. I, I thought I'd get him at the Mr. Irrelevant pick. Uh, agree with everything you said. And also, I think it says something. Most of the show is, is he's like the in-law that got thrown into this, this crazy family. And everybody loves him, you know, like Gloria loves him. Yeah, he's just every, he's always there to, to talk, have fun. Uh, and like you said, the adventures of just, just doing small things. I know, I think it's mostly, what's his wife's name? Anybody know? I blanked. Claire. Claire. Claire yeah. yeah. She's the one that like I watched the haunted house, the Halloween episode not long ago and that was mostly her deal, but like he was totally on board. So, yeah, I I love the Phil Dunphy pick. Yeah, had him on my list too, thought about him. Uh and I think one more point to Phil's credit is that he has the thickest skin on earth. Like he's so easy to make fun of and laugh at and he just lets it roll off his back whether he realizes or not he just is always taken and and, and he's just very easy to laugh at and, and doesn't take it personally which is great quality to have a friend awesome well it's uh so, it's my pick for the last pick i've got three other people that i was that i was hoping to get so i just got to decide between them and i think i'm gonna go with jerry seinfeld jerry seinfeld um I was really torn. I was thinking about, since it's over now, I was wanting to get one of the Friends guys, Chandler or Joey. But I think Jerry uh, stood out to me the most because Seinfeld is probably my number two sitcom behind How I Met Your Mother. And George is a great character. Kramer's a great character. But they both have, like, major friend flaws. Kramer would come steal your shit, annoy you all the time. George complains way too much. And Jerry's just there. He's a comedian. He's, like, actually funny. Um, plus he does do the things like hooking up your friend, go taking George on a double date. Um, I, you know, I, I watched some episodes where it's like, they do things for each other. Uh, if, if George is in a pickle with a girl, Jerry will come in to, to, you know, play a role or help him out in any way he can. So I'm going with Jerry Seinfeld. 
I, I actually disagree with you there. And Seinfeld is my number one. It's my favorite sitcom, no question. And so it's kind of funny I didn't get any of the characters. But I, I mean, I think part of the appeal of Seinfeld is that all the characters are terrible people in, in different ways. Um, and I think Jerry, I think he's a bad friend to George and, and Kramer a lot. And Elaine, I think he tries to mess with them all the time. And like whenever George is coming to him, like with just the sky is falling, oh, I've got this huge issue that is just super overblown. And just his classic, like, ah, that's a shame. Uh, or he's like giving some advice or he's clearly not listening or telling him to do something that he knows George will like self-destruct. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know if you could trust Jerry as a friend. Yeah, what do you that's, think? I agree with really both of you. He's an instigator. Uh, he's a huge instigator. But with Kramer and George, how could you not be an instigator? They get themselves into such pickles <laughs> that like you'd have to be inhuman to not like you try to push them around a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I do, he, yeah, he has some selfish qualities for sure. Um, but when it comes down to it, like they're all still friends with him. Uh, I think him and his, his, uh, friendship with Elaine, um, is kind of what made me choose Elaine. And I just think it's like really a great friendship. They're roasting each other, but they, they mean it in like a positive way. They aren't trying to actually hurt each other. Um, I think it's a really fun friendship. And so I definitely, definitely see the appeal. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry's an all time sit at the coffee table, fun banter guy. So that, that would be a blast. Yeah. I think one thing that Noah's harped on all, all, all segment here is the availability too. Jerry, you just like what, two or three shows a week. Other than that, he's free all day, almost every night going out and doing things. So yeah, I, I get the selfish qualities. I think maybe I, I took this more as like a who would I want to hang out with, not who would I, you know, trust sharing my deepest, darkest secrets throughout the throughout the draft, <laughs> um, throughout the Mount Rushmore. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm rounding it out. So recap, Tyus, who are your four? So I have Jim Halpert, Marshall Erickson, Robin Scherbatsky, and a combination of Abed and Troy from Community. Solid, solid. Noah, do you remember yours? Yeah. Charles Boyle, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Nick Miller, Elaine Bennis, and Phil Dunphy. Very good. Connor, what about you? I'm, I'm blanking on who I took second. I know I had Barney Stinson, Sam Malone, and Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, oh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Questionable sitcom guy. So Barney, Ted Lasso, uh, Sam Malone, and Jerry Seinfeld. Those those are just some incredible lists right there. I think I think we all did a very good job, fellas. Any uh, any honorable mentions? People on your radar that you couldn't get to? Yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned Chandler and Joey from Friends. Bruiser. I think that's probably going to be a common one that people cite. Um, I had early season Manny from Modern Family. I think he's just a cute little kid. He makes me laugh so much. Uh, and I think. Uh, Daryl and Kevin from The Office would both be great hangs. Talk sports. I don't know. What about you guys? I like it. I had Daryl as well. Uh, he would have been my choice from The Office. I think he'd be a cool friend. Um, I had the entire Rose family from Schitt's Creek. Uh, they are all horrible friends and really good friends at the same time. And it would be just constant entertainment to hang out with them. Um, so I, but I couldn't choose between them and they have enough uh, problems going on as is um, that I probably steer clear. Uh, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec, just mm. always down for a good time. Um, and then my last one, my little, my little niche 
Uh, choice is Van Montgomery from uh, Reba with Reba McIntyre. Uh, he's played by Steve Howey, who's uh, who's been in some other things, but he's really, really funny. It's a very dorky show, but it's it's got some funny moments, and, he, and he's hilarious in it. He's just a football player, just dumb as rocks, and says some hilarious things. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those are good ones. The uh, the ones I, I had, if somebody else took Ted Lasso, I really wanted somebody from that show. So I would have taken just one of the truest friends, Sam Obisanya. Uh, I thought, like, he's the opposite of what I went through, but just, you know, not anything too flashy, just a really good guy. Um, the League, pretty much any of those guys. I don't know if you've seen The League, the fantasy football show, but Kevin MacArthur is who I would have taken from that. Uh, and then Friends Guys and Schmidt from New Girl. Were, were the rest of the ones on my list. So overall, I think we're all pretty happy with who we got, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the uh, the listeners to decide who's who's got the best friends. Absolutely. Well, Noah, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on and being the first ever guest on Jocks of All Trades podcast. I'm honored. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> all right. And that will be the end of episode two. Thanks for listening. Sometimes I have too many beers, which I gladly do, and which I fully embrace. Automatic. Still is. I liked beer. I still like beer. Automatic. Still is. But I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. When I was in town, I spent much of my time working out, lifting weights, or hanging out and having some beers with friends. Animal House, Caddyshack, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Working out, lifting weights, too many beers. Automatic. Still is. Many nights I worked out with other guys. Maybe it was because I'm an only child and had no sisters. Many of us became friends with students at local Catholic all-girls schools. Amy, or Maura, or Megan, or Nikki. Sometimes I had too many beers, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Working out, automatic. Blacking out, automatic. Catholic all-girls schools, automatic. Still is. 